Welcome to the Bucky Cast, folks. John here along with Rob. Will had a scheduling conflict. He couldn't be here. Also joining us, our special guest for this interview, uh, Wisconsin women's soccer uh, goalkeeper Aaron McKinney is here. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Living the working life and trying to fit in a, trying to fit in an interview. But you know what? We're happy to have you here. I don't think my noon meeting was probably as strenuous as your practice that you just completed. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Those meetings thought. can get the best of us. I'm not going to, I don't have the chance of possibly blowing out my hammy, you know, in, in, in my, uh, in my meeting for over zoom. So uh, anyway, Aaron, let, let's start off. Um, you guys have uh, had a pretty good year. Uh, you were in first place for quite a bit. You hit a rough stretch there. Uh, three really tough road games, all against uh, ranked opponents. Those didn't turn out as well as you had hoped. Uh, but looking at, at your stats in particular, um, in 11 out of uh, 17 matches this season so far, you have allowed one or fewer goals, which is pretty impressive. Uh, how has this season shaped up for you? You know, this is my first season starting for the Badgers, so <clears throat> I couldn't be more excited to get the season off and starting and had been behind some really amazing goalkeepers who have set a really good path as well. I think, including me, the whole team kind of took a different approach to the year. We have a lot more attacking presence than we ever have, so probably along with those stats you'd see maybe a few more shots on goal, but that's not a testament to our defense. Our defense is amazing. It's just that we are playing in kind of a way that we send a lot of people forward and have lower numbers in the back. So, you know, I, I'm loving the action and I'm just really excited to be able to help my team to the wins that we had in the beginning of the season. That's interesting. I noticed in your last match that um, the shot on goal differential was quite high uh, between you and Illinois. Um, is that a change of philosophy the coaches made based on personnel or what do you think the, the change came from? Yeah, I would say um, it had a little bit to do with a red card coming in the game before Illinois, <laughs> which is at Rutgers um, <laughs> to our center back. Yeah. So kind of, having to deal with that center back being gone, we moved four in the back. And I think it was the best scenario we could have against Illinois because our two outside backs are perfectly fit and perfectly capable of being an attacking presence as well. So I think we played it well. And as you did say, we did get those shots on goal. We just, I guess, didn't capitalize. So ended in a tie that game, but um, kudos to the team for getting the shutout and bringing an attacking presence as well. So now, Aaron, you you came to Wisconsin from from our lovely neighbor to the south, Illinois. We we may ask you a hot seat question about that later. But what was it like? Uh, how how did you get recruited up to uh, Wisconsin? Obviously, our, our listeners they know about football, and men's and women's basketball recruiting, but it's kind of a mystery for those. The, the, I'm I'm going to use the generic term the non revenue sports. Yeah, the, the lower one, the lower ones down. How does recruiting work at that level? It's honestly pretty similar to uh, more of like a tier one and bigger revenue generating sports. Um, okay. You know, you get the unofficial visit, the official visit, uh, a rule that they have now that, that I didn't have when I was getting recruited is that apparently um, you can't 
verbally have a conversation with the coach until junior year. But, you know, I think that's a good rule in many ways because some of my club teammates were committing freshman year and have had to transfer. Mm -hmm. And I committed honestly early on. And I actually, I didn't commit to Wisconsin. I uh, played my first year at university of Akron out in Ohio. Oh, okay. Um, So I was in the Mac and kind of a mid-major school and, Definitely got introduced to the NCAA in a little bit of an easier way than a power five school like Wisconsin, but stepping stones to get here for sure. And I don't think I would have changed it, but the transfer portal is honestly how I got recruited out of here and kind of happened the same way as it would in high school. I got reached out to, had an unofficial visit, talked about, you know, what my place on the team would be. And came back for an official visit and made the decision there. So very similar to how it would have happened if I would have came straight out of high school. Okay. So for, for football, the, the football high school coaches have a lot of sway for basketball. The, um, I just dropped it dropped from my head. The uh, club teams uh, have a lot of sway in recruiting for soccer. Which, which way does that go? Is it a mix of the two or does the club kind of push uh, towards the college coaches or the, or the, or the high school coaches? Um, I guess it just depends because I would say in club soccer, the top, I guess, league would be considered ECNL. Um, and some of those coaches have a lot of relations with, um, college coaches. So maybe they do sway, but I kind of grew up in a club that wasn't as well known. We had a really good team. We ended up going to nationals, but as a goalkeeper, I don't know if I really wanted to be with uh, really well-known teams because honestly, you don't get as much action. So um, yeah, my club coach just wanted the best for me and helped me out in whatever I needed. But ultimately I went with the head coach I wanted to play for. So definitely more of a college coach scenario for my recruiting process. Uh, Another question that I kind of wanted to ask is, um, We've read in-depth things about um, the football team and the basketball teams in terms of their cultural philosophy of being a family and then finding players that fit the Wisconsin mold. Do you feel that there's the similar type of thing with the soccer team? And if so, what is the cultural philosophy and what kind of players fit that mold? For sure. I think it's funny you asked that. Our winning season 2019, we stole we stole the direct slogan from men's basketball of make them believe. And yeah. <laughs> I think UW athletics as a whole kind of all embodies very similar philosophy. So yes, I'd say we're very similar. I think it, it's a hardworking mentality. You don't have to be the most talented on the field, but you're going to know that we're going to outwork you on the field. And I feel like that's philosophy that a lot of our teams take. So we have some core values like resilient to adversity tough and accountable for each other but I think it all comes down to having each other's back and as a collective trusting each other and trusting that we're all putting in the work so is there in the big 10 when you when you play these different teams is there any particular team that you guys just you look on the schedule and you go ah I really don't (laughs) want to play those guys um I think I think we want to play everyone for sure. I would say, 
I mean, yeah, I would say there's no team that we don't want to play. I'd say the one that we always have to get ready for no matter what, because it could go either way, no matter what each team is ranked, is the border battle against Minnesota. It's always uh, yep. always a like bloodshed <laughs> every year. Um, but would you say that's are... the would you say that's the match that you like you most look forward to? Um as a team or yeah, I would say the border battle. Um, some of our uh, really high RPI teams in the preseason. And uh, yeah, mainly the border battle in the Big Ten is probably what we look forward to the most. Is there a, I was going back and looking through some of the stats back to like 2007 and Penn State keeps rolling up. Would we, would you say that Penn State is the foot, is the soccer equivalent, women's soccer equivalent of Ohio State in football? Um, you know, when I was in the recruiting process, Penn State had won the 2015 NCAA championship. So, you know, I've always looked up to them as kind of being a good standard. They've always had really high level coaches and players come through that program. Um, But every team is definitely beatable. And the first time I've seen this team lose to Penn State was this year, um, last week. And they're always going to put up a good match. It's just whether they're, you know, they're on for the year or not, because um, I want to say last night they ended up losing to Penn State lost to Michigan, basically a a school that's in the lower ranks. So um, I would say the big 10, any teams, no matter your past status or not, like we're all kind of putting up a good fight, no matter what game it is. It's kind of crazy to see the the stats this year because we've all taken losses and ties and wins. And it's, it's a little it's crazy to say see. that in the, in the research, I also noticed how many, how often the number one and two seeds end up losing in the first round of the big 10 tournament as well. So yeah, uh, <laughs> That actually, that actually leads right into the next question. I was going to ask, uh, you guys have a match coming up on Sunday here at home against Nebraska. And then it's on next weekend, I think on Sunday to the big 10 tournament. What's it like to play in the big 10 tournament? Um, crazy crazy like I just said our all the teams put up great fights um I think our biggest our biggest goal right now is to win on Sunday obviously to keep that that home seed advantage so if you, if we end up winning on Sunday we keep the higher seed and we get a home bid for the first game and we always love playing at home in front of McClyman and in front of our own fans and instead of somewhere else getting heckled so um <laughs> I've never personally been in the Big Ten tournament yet, but the stakes are obviously high because every team's kind of, you know, has had the stats. They can win big games and they can lose big games, and um, I'm really excited for it. Aaron, I have kind of a two-part question for you. Uh, number one, I, I believe I've, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, this was, was this your uh, COVID eligibility year? Or- yeah. Okay. So I have this year and next year left. I'm a grad student right now. And this fifth year was because of the red shirt I took after transferring. Um, and next year will be because of COVID eligibility. Okay. So you still have another season left at, um, at Wisconsin. The, the, the roster doesn't make it very clear how many years of eligibility left. Usually when we see the GR next to somebody's name, it means 
this is it. Yeah. So yeah. I thought I would just ask that question. So that this gives you two years to be the uh, starting goalkeeper. What are your plans once uh, once school is done? Are you going to uh, uh, you know approach the uh, professional uh, side of uh, soccer? Yeah, we were kind of talking a little bit before the podcast started, but NWSL is an amazing opportunity here in our country. Um, I think the sport's definitely growing and I would love to see more NWSL teams come and uh, take up different states because that would lead for more opportunities for college players coming up through NCAA. So I definitely want to attempt to get in the NWSL draft and kind of see where that takes me. And like a lot of other goalkeepers, the, the chance is very slim. So in case I don't get drafted, I'd love to go overseas and have a great experience playing over there. Aaron, it seems just kind of, I went through the roster a little bit and just took a look at the breakdown. And it seems like a lot of the roster is uh, younger players. Um, and then some significant scores are, are maybe um, going to be leaving the program soon. So how do you think the youngsters look coming up? I know we've had, I think, I'm sorry, I, I can't remember the name, uh, but she was the freshman of the week two weeks in a row, I think, right? Is it is it Reed? Riley Howard. Riley Howard. Howard. Riley Howard. Howard. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Riley Howard. So, um, you know, what do you think of the future of the team coming forward? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's awesome of Riley to get freshman of the week twice in a row. I told her that three times would be the charm, but she'll get it next year. <laughs> <laughs> she'll get it sometime again this year. Well, this is so, all the more reason for her to score like four goals on Sunday. Yeah. Nebraska better watch out. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I think our youth coming through is amazing. And like Riley Howard being a really important role. Um, we've seen some more people step up that are freshmen, like uh, one in our back line, Liv Curry. Um, Aiden McConnell, who's a sophomore, has been in the U S roster and on that U S team and has a great knowledge. And I think everyone has great soccer IQ. And I think basically their biggest problem is just learning how we like flow with each other, which is anyone's, I guess, challenge coming into a new team. Cause they have the talent. We just, when we learn to flow with each other, it gets that much, much better. So that and picking up leadership roles, I don't think it matters what age you are on our team to pick up a leadership role. We just have to kind of trust that our younger, younger players know what they're doing and they have our backs. We have their backs. And like I said, keep that, that flow going on the field. Aaron, uh, in terms of women's athletics overall, I'm going to ask one of those big, deep questions now. <laughs> you know, women's sports have, have traditionally been, you know, overshadowed by men's sports throughout the history of, of college athletics, even now on the 50th anniversary of, of Title IX. Uh, what do you think has to happen in order for women's sports to get more recognition than they currently do at Wisconsin? Because Wisconsin's got some pretty successful women's athletic programs, whether it be women's hockey, women's volleyball, have both won national championships in the last three years. Um, Wisconsin soccer has women's soccer has won a couple of big 10 titles within the last several years. What do you think would have to happen? Um, very interesting question. I'm actually in a grad course right now that looks at 
Title IX, like very exclusively in like the legislation and specifically Wisconsin's women's success throughout the years. And it's crazy to think that Title IX wasn't actually that long ago. Like it is the 50th anniversary, but by the time people actually accepted that legislation and teams were created and, you know, it, it really did equal out. I want to say that probably was less than 50 years ago. It didn't happen right away. So uh, we've come a long way, but there's still, I, I believe, a long way to go. And I think the revenue and the viewership is there for women's sports. I think that that's the part that we undermine a little bit. And I think it has to come a lot from not having to have five different subscriptions to watch women's sports and the championships and maybe getting some help on that broadcasting end because there are so many young kids, not just little girls. There's little boys out there that look up to the women's athletes. And I think you just start to equal out those resources, not just kind of uh, gear and teams, but more broadcasting and don't undermine the, the impact that the women's sports can make. So I feel like we still have a little ways to go, but yeah, we've come a long way too. I've always wondered if the big 10 network maybe needs to spin off like a, a big 10, big 10 women's sports network and like make it part of, see if they can make it part of um, cable subscriptions. Yeah. Just because I be think, awesome. I think that would be a great way of, of advertising. And then that way you don't have to share the, 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 you know, the broadcast time with men's basketball and football and all the other sports that take up all that time. Not just that with the latest package that went out. I mean, there are what five different state, five different uh, companies that bid on it, um, winning the rights. So with there's not that many football games and basketball games to go around. So you would think that they'd be able to broadcast some more women's sports as well. Yeah, right. I was actually looking into that. And it, I want to say that it was like and then all the women's sports were grouped in with like 28 different sports. And then you have basketball yeah. and football on their own. So, yeah, I do like your idea of kind of separating that those channels and seeing what kind of numbers viewership would actually bring in then. Aaron's, Aaron's had to move out of the area she was originally in. Um, I did. Um, I got kicked out of the meeting room by men's soccer. Oh, oh, right as we were talking about, the, right as right as we were talking about it. Look at what happened. I'm not going to disparage <laughs> any. I'm not going to disparage any Wisconsin team because I love them all. But you may want to <laughs> tell them that uh, whoever, whichever team has the best record, gets the meeting room. <laughs> For whatever reason, yep, yep. So, sorry, Coach Jones. Uh, you know the, the ladies, the ladies are doing it better. So um, they get they get bragging rights and rights to the meeting room. Uh, okay, what we'll we'll wrap this up for you. Uh, we did want to ask some. Um, I want to ask a few rapid fire questions to stuff the uh, stuff the top of my head. There are no wrong answers except for um, uh, the third question I'm going to ask. <laughs> okay. Uh, so first question, who is the biggest personality on your team? Oh, good question. It, you know, it falls between Emma Jaskinick, our top goal scorer. Kind of need a crazy personality for that. All the goalkeepers are crazy too. <laughs> As they have to be. For sure. Uh, 
Okay, question number two. Who has the strongest leg on the team? Strongest leg. Hmm. And can she cook field goals for the football team? <laughs> yeah, for sure. We all... <laughs> We all uh, on the turf try to practice our field goal skills when the nets are up. Um, so I want to say Ashley Martinez, we call her Smashley, has the best leg on the team. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to write that I one. Down. Writing that down right now. We've got to. We've got to put that one away <laughs> in the uh, in the archives here at the Bucky Cast for when we talk about women's soccer. <laughs> All right. This question does have a right answer. Uh, which is the better state, your home state of Illinois or Wisconsin? Obviously, Wisconsin. So much more to do. Yay. <laughs> she got it correct. Uh, final rapid fire question. There's a, uh, there was a uh, game discussed among a couple of comedians on, on the Graham Norton show. It's, an, it's, a, it's a talk show on BBC. And um, it was two equally like bad scenarios. Which would you rather have happen? So my question for you is, if you could choose one of the two, would it be A, making the game-saving uh, save, but taking the ball full in the face, or kicking the ball uh, from your own end and scoring a goal, but blowing out your knee in the process? Oh, I'm for sure taking one to the face and making the save. Okay. I've, I've blown out my knee too, too many times. So, okay. Well, the, there you go. You're able to use personal experience to answer that. I, I take it then you haven't taken a ball right to the face. Oh, I've actually taken a lot of those. Okay. So, I'll right. level out those experiences and let you know that the face ball is a lot better. Well, Have you cool. taken a face ball from Smashley? Yes, actually, that's oh, why no. I will tell you that she has the hardest leg. <laughs> All right. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for for joining us. We we really appreciate this look into women's soccer. You know, always get an expert. Uh, thanks to you, I can now pronounce uh, Emma Jaskanik's name correctly. I was wondering how to spell it, how to <laughs> pronounce it. Yeah, I hoped I was hoping you would say it before we did. Yes, and now, Jaskanik. Jaskin it. Okay. We'll get that correct now too. Yep. <laughs> All right. We may well, uh, reach out to you for some postseason uh, viewpoints and then maybe to get a little bit of your impression of uh, NIL in the soccer community as well. So for sure. That's a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> All right. Well, on behalf of the Bucky cast, uh, again, if anyone wants to follow us, we can be followed at the Bucky cast on Twitter or otherwise we'd be reached at the buckycast 43 at gmail.com again aaron thank you so much and folks thank out you there, guys for having me yep and for all you listeners out there peace out have a good one good luck this weekend aaron <laughs>